0: Welcome to Some Like It Pop's Listapalooza Episode 4. I'm Matt Timonini, and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, you ready to uh, get down to brass tacks and count things down from 10 to 1?
1: I am. This is my favorite time of the week.
0: Yep. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Eponine Q. That's E P O N I N E Q. And you can follow me at BWW Matt. You can now follow both of us collectively, if Jen remembers what the password is, on Twitter at S L I P Podcast. That's Some Like It Pop, S L I P Podcast. Uh, you can find all episodes of Some Like It Pop, including list of Paloozas and special mini-episodes on BroadwayWorld.com, as well as on the iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So please subscribe so that you get every episode of Some Like It Pop as soon as it is available, and then share the all-encompassing joy that is Some Like It Pop with everyone that you come in contact with on a daily or weekly basis. Jen, we yes, have we have done our favorite plays, our favorite musicals, our favorite Oscar-winning Best Pictures And now, since it is that time of year when we've got the NCAA basketball tournament going on, the beginning of Major League Baseball season is upon us, we are going to count down our top ten favorite sports movies, which is something that kind of blends both of our passions. I was surprised how difficult this was when I started thinking about it. Because you think, ah, ten sports movies, I can do that. Then you realize there's like 15, 20 that are like, fantastic movies and it's hard to come down to a list of 10. So congrats on picking a good list. And I'm angry that it was as difficult as it was.
1: I would agree. I have literally four that I'm like, I can't believe these aren't in my favorite movies that I worship these movies. It was very, very hard.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's count down from 10 to six This is how it'll work. I'll do my 10 through six. You'll do your 10 through six. Then we'll alternate back and forth five to one until we get down to our favorite sports centered, not to be confused with sports center, but sports centered (laughs) movies. I'll start us off. The number 10 is for me is The Natural starring Robert Redford. Number nine starring Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes as White Men Can't Jump. Number eight starring Ben Stiller is Dodgeball. Number seven, starring, I mean, heck, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, is Bull Durham. And number six, starring Gene Hackman and a bunch of other white guys, is for the movie Hoosiers. Jen, what do you have 10 through 6 on this list?
1: Number 10, I have very recently, um, and just as a heads up, I love the schmaltzy ones, because I cry (laughs) very easily at sports movies. And okay. number 10 is a perfect example of that. It was Million Dollar Arm from 2014, directed by Craig Gillespie. Whoa. Yeah. Number nine is Rudy Go Irish, number from 1993, directed by David Anspaugh. Number eight, The Greatest Game Ever Played, 2005, directed by Bill Paxton. Number wow. seven, Major League, 1989, directed by David S. Ward. And number six, Field of Dreams, 1989, directed by Phil Alden Robinson, I'm assuming we're going to overlap on a few of these, but that's my 10 through 6.
0: Yeah, so far no overlaps, but um, interestingly enough, you mentioned Rudy and how much you love not only Rudy, but the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Not so shockingly, Rudy is not going to make my list. I
1: wouldn't have expected
0: it to. All right, we're going to go down through 5 through 1. I'll start with my fifth on this list. As somebody who spent more than a decade coaching fast pitch softball, both at the club, high school, co- and college level, and also working in the front office of a professional softball team, number five on my list is A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall, starring Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, this is one of those movies that it's very hard not to to watch every time it's on TV. It's as much about the sport of baseball and having a passion for the sport, which is really the, the the game that I grew up loving the most was baseball. That's what I played for the majority of my life. And it's a movie about loving the game, being able to find a way to appreciate your family uh, as well. And, and it's about second chances with Tom Hanks' character, getting a chance to redeem himself after being an – irreconcilable drunk and uh, a league of their own is one. I think it's one of my sister's favorite movies as well. And it's just one of those things that, like you said, it's schmaltzy. There's some tears if you're in the right, uh, if you're in the right mood. And the thing about this movie that shocks me every time is that the Dottie character at the end of the movie where she's really old is not Gina Davis in makeup. Uh, it is actually an older actress who just looks exactly like Gina Davis. So, uh, (laughs) That always freaks me out because I thought for years that it was actually Gina Davis, but it's not. So number five on my list is uh, is A League of Their Own, and also there's some great people that have like little cameos in it, like John Lovitz. I believe uh, Bill Pullman is in it. Of course, Gary Marshall, Penny Marshall's brother, is in it. Uh, tay Leone is one of the one of the baseball players on on one of the other teams. You know, it's just one of those things where it, so many people were uh, involved with us that went on to have great careers afterwards that it's tough not to love this one.
1: I do love that, that movie. Um, I think you can clearly see from our lists what our favorite sports are. Um, (laughs) Since I have five baseball movies in my list, you do the math. Um, my number five is going to show my age, which most everything I do does, but it is the bad news bears from 1976. Um, starring Walter Matthau, a very young Jodie Foster, and it is about a bunch of ragtag, you know, down-on-their-luck kids who form a baseball team and become an unlikely um, contender for the championship. And it's in the 70s, so the kids have filthy mouths. (laughs) They swear (laughs) there's inappropriate situations, and I love every second of it. It's just uh, something from my childhood that I really hold dear, and it holds up. It's clearly very indicative of the time. You would never be able to make this movie today, indicated by the remake they made a little while back where they cleaned it up a lot, but um, it's still one of my all-time favorite baseball movies.
0: Well, you mentioned the remake. I think it was Billy Bob Thornton, right? Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. uh But not only have they remade it, like, officially, uh, Bad News Bears remake, but there are so many different movies that basically copied this same format. I mean, even as much as The Mighty Ducks, there was that Keanu Reeves movie where he was basically a drunk guy who gets forced to uh, to coach a baseball team. Like, this is a formula of a sports movie that has been redone so many times, and it all goes back to the Bad News Bears. So good on you for getting that one. Amen. All right, number four on my list, I think it's appropriately placed – is Rocky 4. This is the the Ivan Drago one. You had the first two that were Rocky versus Apollo Creed, then you had the third one that is the ridiculous Hulk Hogan Mr. T Thunderlips one which you just want to throw out of the series, and then you have a return to form with Rocky 4 where Sylvester Stallone's Rocky goes to retaliate and to seek revenge on the in-ring death of his friend Apollo Creed, which comes back to play in the movie Creed from last year. Very much. Uh, this is one of those unbelievably schlocky 1985 movies where you know he's chasing a chicken and he's punching meat. And how can you not get swept up by the ridiculous patriotism of this movie? They're they're fighting in Russia. Rocky's getting the crap kicked out of him uh, uh, by Dolph Lundgren. He comes back, and then all of a sudden, the people of the USSR embrace Rocky and start chanting his name afterwards. It's awful, but I love it. Uh, it's Rocky 4. What do you expect?
1: I hate to agree with you, but in the Rocky franchise, this is my favorite up until Creed. Um, really? It's so, like you said, like that was just so topical at the time with the Cold War going on and him going to Russia. That was a really, really big deal, and it was so schmaltzy and so over the top. And I just loved every second of it from Apollo Creed dancing to James Brown to, you know, the Russians (laughs) chanting lucky. And it was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get Bridget Nielsen and Dolph Lundgren in a movie. I mean, that's a recipe for fantasticness. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do, I did love how Creed folded in, not only the storyline, but actually clips from the movie Mm -hmm. into, into the story it's telling. And, um, it weaves in really nicely. And, and like you said, it, It was as much a political movie at the time as anything else, showing that there could be um, a way forward in in the relationship between the USSR and the United States. And obviously, I don't think that Ronald Reagan was taking his political cues from Rocky. (laughs) But you you don't know. I don't. He was an actor in the uh, president of the Screen Actors Guild at one point, I believe so. All right, what do you have, Jenna, as number 4 on your list?
1: Well, as I stated, baseball's my favorite sport and um <laughs> but I wanted to get the other sports in, so I threw a football movie in and I threw a basketball movie in. So here's my hockey movie. And I was torn between Goon, which I love, and this one, um 1977 Slapshot. <laughs> Again, showing my age. <laughs> but Paul Newman with There's a theme here. Paul Newman with a bunch of ragtag guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what really makes this movie for me are is the Hansen brothers and it's just these group of three brothers who play hockey and all the the only reason they do is so that they can fight and I just remember watching this with my brothers when I was little and in the movie they're singing the national anthem and the Hanson brothers start a fight during the national anthem and we just laughed so hard and it's just one of those silly '70s comedies that would never be made now, and it's—I I love it.
0: I love hockey. Uh, as I think I've mentioned before, when I was in high school and college, the NHL expansion Columbus Blue Jackets came to town, and my parents were original seat license holders, so uh, we went to a lot of hockey games when I was uh, when we were all still in Ohio. But I didn't love this movie. I found it kind of boring. Not funny. Uh, I love the Hanson brothers and *Principle*, but I didn't find them funny. And even more so, the fact that they made a sequel, Slapshot 2, Breaking the Ice, starring Stephen Baldwin and Gary Busey, just shows you that it is not a concept that holds up after 25 years. So, I appreciate the hockey movie. I might have gone Miracle instead. No. Uh, I'll but stick with Slapshot. Yeah. Alright, not feeling Slapshot. Alright, number three on my list, sticking with the baseball theme... I am going with 2001's Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, based on the book by Michael Lewis called Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game. I read the book Moneyball back in 2005. As much as I love this movie, the book is even better because not only does it integrate much of the story we see in the film, which is obviously a true story based on the Oakland A's, but it also weaves into the statistical analysis of how they got there. So you got to see some of the actual sabermetrics that they used in trying to figure out how to assemble a team that can be successful on the field for as little money as humanly possible. It's a, it's a great movie. Obviously, it was an Academy Award-nominated movie. Jonah Hill was nominated for his performance. It, it is a true story. And there's still just something about watching that team of not great baseball players win 20 in a row, get into the playoffs, even though no one said they could. And there's still something about that. Even though I know it's a true story, I know what happens. I know they're going to lose. They're not going to win the World Series. It's still really moving. I think it's one of the best sports movies that we've seen in a long time. Again, with a screenplay uh, co-written by Aaron Sorkin, who just can do, no, well, can't do no wrong because there's, you know, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. But this is one that just kind of brings everything that I love together. The minutiae of baseball stats, a great story, and Aaron Sorkin.
1: Okay.
0: No, not you? Not not loving Moneyball?
1: Uh, I, I do like, I like Moneyball. It's not in anywhere close to my top ten, and especially for baseball movies, but yeah, I like it. Okay. It's hard for me to find a, a sports movie that I flat out dislike.
0: Okay, well, this next one on my list might be that, but we'll get to that here <laughs> in a second. So number three on your list, Jen, what do you got?
1: Well, you actually already mentioned it, but it is 1984's The Natural,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, starring Robert Redford as a very strong contender to play in the Major League Baseballs in, I want to say, the 30s or the 40s. Do you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure on the year, but yeah, it's, it's in there somewhere.
1: Uh, he, on his way to train, he gets shot, is disappeared for a long time, and then comes back as a rookie in the, uh, maybe his late, mid 30s, late 30s. And in baseball, that's ancient. So he tries, and, but he still, he's still got it. So all these things from his past, there's a lot of intrigue, there's a lot of gambling, there's a lot of, uh, romance, and boy, that, the last scene when, when he, <laughs> It still brings me to tears even thinking about it. It's just everything that baseball is about, the uh, smile on this players' faces and the coach and the hitting the light. It's so dramatic and, and cheesy and over the top, and it's just perfection.
0: Yeah, and we should mention that it's based on a, a novel by Bernard Malamud. So if you like reading and watching both, it's a pretty good read. I've, I'm actually looking at it over on my bookshelf right now. It's a uh, It's a good one to kind of compare the two. All right, number two on my list, one gen that I can almost guarantee that you were not suspecting, and that is the. I can't believe I'm going to talk about this movie, the 1998 comedy Basketball by. (laughs) You're familiar with this one, I take it. Uh, Of course. Okay, it's by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are in the very early days of South Park when they did this movie. This is set in the future when sports have become so commercialized that to get back to the original essence of the sport, that their characters Coop and Reamer combine baseball and basketball into a new sport called basketball, and it goes from being just something they do in their driveways to being the Biggest sport in the world. It co stars Jasmine Bleeth, Jenny McCarthy, obviously some of the greatest actresses of mm-hmm. the 1990s. You throw in Ernest Borgnine, you throw in Al Michaels and Bob Costas as themselves, with some of the greatest lines that I still quote to this day are in this movie, uh, spoken by Al Michaels and Bob Costas. It's by the guys from South Park. I mean, it's not, you know, the natural or Moneyball or Hoosiers. It's a. Uh, it's a terrible movie that is just hilarious. The, the whole essence of the game is, is you shoot shots on a basketball court, but you move around bases, and while someone is shooting, you can have a psych-out where you can do or say anything to freak them out, to offend them, to knock them off their game so they miss their shots. It leads to some really funny stuff. I mean, I'm going to have to go watch this movie again. It's it's really, really funny, and uh, it's number two on my list. I can't believe it's it's that high. <laughs>
1: Well, good for you. If it makes you happy and it makes you laugh, I'm not going to criticize you because that's what movies are meant to do.
0: Yeah, and I'm telling you, my God, some of the lines that Bob Costas and Al Michaels say in this movie, like there's, <laughs> there's one where, and I don't want to get too graphic, but I believe Al Michaels says this is really exciting, and Bob Costas says you're excited. Feel these nipples, okay? <laughs> this is Bob Costas, someone who is legitimately considered as to be the next commissioner of Major League Baseball, talking about Al Michaels feeling his nipples. It is hysterical. So I love that movie.
1: Yeah, if it makes you laugh, who am I to judge?
0: No. All right, number two on your list. What do you got, Jen?
1: Again, you've already mentioned it, and yes. since it's March Madness, it's appropriate. But it's Hoosiers from 1986. I still, to this day, get incredible anxiety at the last shot. I Because he, he couldn't, there's a possibility he won't make it.
0: And right, yeah, 20 years later, I, or 30 years later, 30 years later.
1: It's just that ultimate, you know, small town from the Midwest, David versus Goliath story that gets me every time these no-name kids in the movie and in real life who just came together to... You know, they just wanted to play the game. And this outsider coach comes in and teaches them more fundamentals. And they put together a championship team and, and goes to, and go to the state finals in Indiana, where basketball is a religion. And yep. it just gets me every time. I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: Dennis Hopper playing a very Hopper-esque role in it, a little madman. And there's not a lot of big names in it. It's Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey and Dennis Hopper, and all of these other kids are just, you know, they, I, I believe... Never to be
0: heard from again. Yeah,
1: they were just kind of basketball kids that they cast for this movie. Um, One-hit wonders, if you will, but, oh, i just kidding, you know, give me the ball, Coach, I'll make it. I I can't, I can't even deal with it. It, it gives me so much anxiety just talking about it, but it's it's, for me, the ultimate basketball
0: movie. Yeah, well, and it's interesting when you talk about sports movies, one, how many of them are based on true stories, because sports in themselves are naturally dramatic, and this is something I've had this conversation with people before, like, I don't get people who don't like sports, it is something that has drama built in, it's a reality show, it's drama, it's it's humor in a lot of cases, I don't understand what there is not to like about sports, but that's what's great about sports movies is because a lot of them are either based on real life, actual sporting events and teams, or they're based on books. Like you got the natural, um, you've got, um, this one that I'm going to talk about as number one on my list, which you've already mentioned. And that's field of dreams, which is also based on, uh, a novel. I, you talk about crying with, Mm -hmm. with Rudy, There is not a chance in hell that if I watch Field of Dreams right now, I'm not going to cry when Kevin Costner says, Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? (laughs) Yeah, like, it's going to happen. And it's it's one of those movies that, is such a beautifully constructed story that weaves in sports, you know, some supernatural mystery. Family, the importance of family and and reconciliation. It's it's great. It you know tells a story of a farmer in Iowa who All of a sudden is hearing voices saying, if you build it, they will come. And then he sees Shoeless Joe Jackson, one of the most disgraced figures in baseball history, come out of his corn to play baseball on this field that he's built for no particular reason. Then a famous author named Terrence Mann, not to be confused with the original Javert on Broadway, shows up, played by James Earl Jones. And he's hearing voices, too. Then they travel back in time. Like, uh, I love this movie. I cry every time. This, to me, is what sports movies are all about. And, uh, God, I'm going to have to go watch all these movies. I know, it, I know. I know. I don't have time to watch I all know. these movies. I,
1: I agree. And uh, Field of Dreams and Rudy, I, I know you're not an Dame fan, but Field right. of Dreams and Rudy are the two times that I've seen grown men cry like babies. <laughs> Um, yeah. you just you just can't keep it together in last, that last scene, and I know you don't have a soul. So for the fact that you <laughs> cry at this movie shows just how important it is.
0: Yeah, it's great. It it really is a great movie and a great cast, and you know everyone from Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, Burt Lancaster, uh, Amy Madigan, and uh, the the girl who plays Kevin Costner and Gabby. Amy Madigan's daughter, uh, Gabby Hoffman, is now on Transparent. So. After not really working for many, many, many years, as far as I know, she's back in the spotlight uh, as well. So uh, great movie, and it will always be. I mean, it's it's in my top ten of all time, and for a long time it was my favorite movie. Um, it's not up there anymore, but it's a, it's a great one.
1: I can't argue with that. I feel like my number one's going to annoy you. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not Rudy, so that would have annoyed me the most. But go ahead. What is your number one, Jen?
1: Caddyshack.
0: No, that doesn't annoy me.
1: Okay, good. It's 1980s, uh, you know, those delightful <laughs> romp, sex romp comedies from the 80s um, about a golf game. Basically, it takes place at a country club, and it's kind of another David versus Goliath story, which a lot of these are, and I'm it's, a big fan of that.
0: Actually, Jen, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Cinderella story.
1: Okay. <laughs> that was That's his right. pathetic Carl impression. And, like, he very badly tried to impersonate, you know, it really (laughs) gave us a glimpse into the genius of Bill Murray. It wasn't his first appearance by any means, but a lot of people credit this as one of his greatest roles ever as Carl, the uh, groundskeeper at the country club, who his only goal is to chase and kill this gopher that's disrupting the course. And it sounds stupid. And you know what? It is. But it's delightful and hilarious. And and it's a Kenny Loggins soundtrack. So it's the trifecta of the 80s and <laughs> it is, if it's on, I, I'm done for two hours. So it's on
0: a lot And it
1: is on a lot. It is not a hard to find this movie, but it's my favorite. and you know next to baseball, I, I, I love I love I love me some golf coming up on Masters weekend so
0: yeah and another great cast you you mentioned Bill Murray but you've also got Chevy Chase Rodney Dangerfield Ted Knight um mm-hmm. and it was co-written and directed by the late great Harold Ramis I mean it's a uh it's a classic it's a, definitely a specific type of humor <laughs> it's not much like basketball is to be honest but they're very different types but it's one of those where you've got to be in the right mood for it but when you, when it hits it is damn funny. And it's interesting we talk about, you know, golf comedies. We didn't have we didn't have Happy Gilmore, we didn't have Waterboy or some of these other comedies. There's a lot of really good sports movies that span the genres. You've got the really serious dramas, you've got the touching uplifting ones, you've got the comedies. There there really is a, a whole swath of stuff that you, can, uh, that you can fit into this genre. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, and it, and it crosses the divide. You know, people are like, oh, I'm not a sports fan, but I defy you to not cry at the last scene of Field of Dreams.
0: Yeah. Well, if you've ever had a parent, <laughs> chances are good that you will. Correct. Jen, what, what, what are some, I'm interested, to say, you told me that there were three or four that you left off your list. What was close to making your list and didn't?
1: Uh, remember the Titans, that was a close yeah. one. Um, Goon, like I mentioned, I adore that movie. A couple you mentioned, Bull Durham, Mighty Ducks. Uh, I, I could watch sports movies all day. I see sports movie trailers and they make me cry. Uh,
0: I thought about putting Raging Bull on. I thought mm-hmm. about putting I thought about putting Talladega Nights on. <laughs> I guess that counts. Um, Friday Night Lights. If it was the TV show, that would have been on. I almost put Major League on. You know, so there's just so many different options that you know. If we could go to 20, we probably could still fill it up and have extras to spare. Absolutely. All right, Jen, I don't know if you alluded to this in our last episode of Some Like It Pop, but what is our next list of Palooza topic?
1: I did allude to it, but I misled you a little bit intentionally. Okay. We've done two the- theatrical lists, we've done two movie lists now, so I figured we should delve into some TV. All right. And I think we should list our top 10 favorite serial dramas that are currently on the air. And even if they're on hiatus, but I mean they're currently on the air, it's not of all time. It's just current.
0: Okay, so current serialized drama. So you're telling me no Law & Order, no CSIs, nothing that is a procedural story of the week. Correct. I have a feeling as I'm putting together this list, I'm going to have to ask you for clarification on some because there are some that have episode of the weeks that I'm just thinking have like thriller. an hour
1: long drama.
0: You know, if Ron okay.
1: orders your favorite show, I'm not going to judge you for that. It's clearly okay. doing something right. Um, well,
0: I but... just wanted to make sure I'm fitting your rules. I don't want to defy <laughs> yes, the I'm... parameters of your list.
1: I'm very strict on parameters, but I'm, I'm basically just trying to get across the point that it should be currently in production
0: that's fine I can do that okay good that's you know you've got a list of 30 shows you watch I don't watch as many but I think I can come up with 10 hour long dramas okay cool Thanks for listening to Some Like It Pops List of Palooza, Episode 4. You can find all of our episodes on BroadwayWorld.com, and you can now get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at S L I P Podcast, and you can follow Jen at and Q, and you can find me at Matt. Also, follow Broadway Radio on Twitter and Facebook at Broadway Radio and subscribe to the Broadway Radio Superfeed on iTunes or Stitcher. We've got some really exciting stuff about to happen over there. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Some Like It Pop. So, until then, we'll see you around the Broadway world.